Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its loads of nights. We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team. Episode 6, Season 7 of the Tottenham Family Podcast. My name's Jav. Joining me this week, John from Urchester. Good evening. And making her debut on, on the on the Tottenham Family Family Podcast, Vanessa from London. Hi there, guys. Lovely to be here. Thank you for joining us, Vanessa. Um, right, we're gonna well, obviously we're gonna talk about the, the match today. We'll also look at we'll take your questions as as we do each week. Um, Bex will provide us an update on the Tottenham um, ladies who are in action today and have been over the course of this week. But um, before all of that, as it's it's always customary with with any new um, guest on the podcast. Vanessa, tell us how you got bitten by the Spurs bug. Um, basically, Klinsmann, uh, me being German, back in the uh, Norhausen household, was always a firm favourite. And um, he just happened to join Spurs at the opportune moment when club football really came um, into my uh, my eyesight. So that's how that happened. Fair enough. I think, yeah, I think that there's a lot of, depending on he's who, previous guests that we've had, um, the, 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 the answers can, can often vary from, you know, my, my dad took me to, to Spurs or whatever it might be. Um, but quite often the, the, the common, the common answer that we get is that it's a particular player that's, that's, um, that's been the thing that's hooked, hooked us in. And in your case, Klinsman, um, Right, let's let's talk about today, John. I'm going to come to you first. Um, game of two halves. It was, wasn't it? Um, I think that game was Spurs in a nutshell at the moment. Some glory, glory football, playing like you know championship contenders, to then shooting ourselves in the foot after 83 minutes. Um, we could have been second, but we're still sixth. In that first half, some of that one and two touch passing was joy to behold. It was probably almost a perfect half for football. Absolutely superb stuff. Um, one of the notes that I made was I thought Sanchez was was a bit weak, and uh, when he was handling Antonio, it was making me nervous. It was getting too tight to him. Um, about I think it was about after 20 minutes, Toby switched to picking him up, and we looked a bit better. But it was we were going great guns. You know, absolutely great guns. And I think that there's some players out there today in Kainson, Hoiberg, Dombele, Reg and Toby that didn't deserve that result for their performance in the first half. I thought they were exceptional. Mm-hmm. And I think some of the players in, in that so after the subs were made, uh, and Aurea as well, he, he Aurea played well up to a point and then he just gave away some silly free kicks. Um, I think Sissoko and Winks didn't, as a midfield duo, don't work well and I don't think Jose what he can't do is think this is the um, Italian league and he can just sit back he hasn't got those players at the, his disposal we, uh, Premier teams will come on to you and once you start making negative subs that put on defensive players it says we're sitting back and invites them to have a go at us um, painful to watch that second half very so painful it was, it was difficult and I think that 
you know, it could be it could be a very different. We could, we could be having a very different podcast if 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 yep. if the second half hadn't been what it was, and and arguably, you know, we'd be talking about potentially we would we would have been sat here talking about Spurs in second place, a win. We would be talking about something which I think at the moment won't get the attention that I think it deserves. But we'll, we'll, we'll let's touch upon it. Kane's performance again, superb. Kane and Stun. Um, Getting getting goals in the first half, Kane all over the pitch. Um, I know this is early days. I don't want to get carried away, but if Kane continues to play the way he's playing at the moment, both in terms of goals and contribution and overall play, if he can do that over the course of a season, there's no reason why he can't be the PFA Player of the Year and the Football Writers Player of the Year. I think he's having a fantastic season, um, and it was it was a joy to watch. It was a joy to watch Spurs in that first half. Um, I would agree. I mean, Kane today was in that first half was unplayable. Um, with that pass for the first was a Hoddle pass. It wasn't Hoddle-esque. It was straight from Hoddle's boot. It no, no word of a lie. He, his passing range and his his vision is superb. Um, and then he making the block on the striker half time. He, I think Carragher called him a box-to-box striker, which he is. He's he's superb. Um, I think one. There's a couple of stats that I read. Um, 12 goal, goal involvements in five games five goals seven assists that's most by any player ever in the opening five games of the Premier League he needs two goals for 150 Prem goals and 200 Spurs goals and um, he's just superb but mm-hmm. I'll go further than that is there a better um, duo of a 9 and 10 in the league than Kane and Son I know they sound like a block paving team but Kane and Son best 9 and 10 in, in the league probably in world football for me they're absolutely superb we're very lucky to, to have them. We're, we're, there's a question later in the running order about squad strength, um, and and we'll, we'll address that later, of course. Um, but certainly in that department of the pitch, we're, we're, we're very strong with with Kane and Son and and of course Gareth Bale. Um, Vanessa, you messaged me, I think somewhere, but must have been towards the end of the first half. Um, obviously, yeah. you were coming on to the pod first time in the podcast. Looking forward at that point to, you know, hopefully a Spurs victory with us being three 0 ahead. Um, it wasn't to be. What What are your thoughts thoughts on today's match? God, that came to haunt me, didn't it? <laughs> uh, so, to John's point, one of the things I would agree with. Sanchez had me worried pretty much from the start. He just looked really unnerved whenever we came anywhere close um, to having to defend. And the big problem for me was with him being that insecure, I don't understand why we didn't bring him off um, in the second half because he just didn't seem to have it together. What it did remind me of, and chaps you might have been there as well was the uh, Carabao Cup game that we played at Wembley we were 2-0 ahead and then they came to beat us 3-2 and I had a stark reminder of that game watching this today Mm -hmm. and I think it pains me to say that but given that we were 3-0 ahead almost until the end of the game we were almost lucky with how it ended, given our performance in the last 15 minutes. Oh, yeah, I'd agree with that totally. Um, I, the, the problem is, I think, looking at the, the bench, we only had Doherty and Davis to come on, really, in a defensive role. Um, so I think <clears throat> we were stuck. I mean, Doherty played three games over the break, and I think David 
Davis play three as well. So we were severely short on the, on the subs there. Um, but I, I don't think Alderweire will put a foot out of place, really. But for me, um, Aurea Sanchez, Sissoko when Winks came on just just fell to pieces. Um, but we should we what we should be doing is bigging up that first first half performance by the team because they 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 were unplayable. The lot the, the, the lot of them, they were absolutely superb. Um, oh well. Yeah, I would agree with that. It was an absolute joy to watch how well Harry and Son seem to be clicking with each other. Mm. Like nobody can really do much against them when they have um, the wind behind them, you know, and playing forward. Um, but how we could let it get to the point where, you know, we basically should be glad to get out of out of that with a point, I just don't understand. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I always joke when watching Spurs. If you know we get to four nil up, and I always joke, yeah, I'll take the draw. But you know, and and that's that's the Spurs mindset. But you shouldn't be thinking that at all. You really shouldn't. To be honest, and um, I think if we do want to come out with silverware at the end of the season, this is a mindset that both the team, but the fans as well, need to lose. Yeah, I that's no, I I totally agree with that, Vanessa. I mean, I, I think that's. I think, particularly the fans as well. I think, I think for, even when we, even there are times when, when we, when we look close, when we should, when it shouldn't ever be in any doubt. Fans question. It's almost like, for example, the bail signing. Um, uh, a lot, lot of fans not wanting to believe that it's going to happen until they see the shirt because of all the, I suppose, because of the past disappointments when. Other transfers have we've got close with, and and it hasn't happened, and and similarly with 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 with, with, with results. And I think it's almost like there is a mentality uh, we've been preconditioned as fans and and as players. I I I saw somebody when 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 we were three nil up. I was reading comments on Twitter, and a few people had tweeted, "Oh, this is great. This is the winning mentality that Jose has instilled." In the team, and and I remember at the time, and we were free and alive, and I questioned that. I questioned it because we haven't won any trophies under Mourinho. I would also argue that at this point we are we're no different from where we were a few years under a few years ago under Pochettino when we were doing very well. Um, I would argue we're at that level. We we've improved from last season, which was which was a horror show. Last season was. The whole of last season, from the beginning to the end, it was it was poor, and arguably some of the previous season. So we've definitely improved from there, and I, and I think that there's lots of encouraging signs now going forward. But we're, we're still not there. We're still there's still a fragility. There are still areas that are weak, and and yeah, today is a wake up call that actually there's still a hell of a lot of work to do, a hell of a lot. Yeah, I think the difference between us winning trophies and us coming second best over and over again are moments like today where we seem really assured for the first half you know we do the groundwork we score the goals and then parts of us just go to sleep and they think yeah you know this is fine we can go coasting now and this happened yeah it's I remember I was on the pod just when we lost to Newcastle in the uh, last minute. Or sorry, the, we drew when they didn't have a shot on target. Um, I think to, that was harder to take than today. For I don't know why. Maybe that was just the nature of that. But you could see that 
that fold coming. Uh, you know, you, you, as soon as that first one went in, we we were there under Poch. It was it happened a lot under Poch. Um, I think every Spurs fan pretty much knew it wasn't over at half time. Not not three 0 up though, surely. Gav, uh, we've been we've we've been there before and we've seen it happen. With you know, um, I'm going to go right back to the Man City game where we were three uh, three nil up. They were down to ten men and they came back and beat us four three in the second half. You know, we all know the danger that this can happen, and I think that winning mentality isn't in, that you mentioned isn't instilled yet. Yeah. Until we can get these but, kind of results over the line and keep a clean sheet, I don't think it's there yet. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, okay, yeah, no, I, I agree with that. I, 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 I disagree that I think in terms of under, under Poch, there, yeah, there, I think it was a different sort of. I think the fragility was there, but at different points, if that makes sense. So I think if, if it, I think when we, when, when we went three 0 up, then it was always about can we get a fourth and a fifth. I don't, I don't seem to recall other than the two 0 when we were two 0 two nil up in the Carabao, as Vanessa said, and West Ham came. Back, I can't recall off the top of my head any games where we had a free goal lead and let it slip, but we did have fragility in other points. For example, semi-finals of the FA Cup, trying to get over the line, you know, going to West Ham on a cold, wet Tuesday in March and losing one nil, and those sort of things. And and as you said, John, even further back years ago when we were in a, I think it was two thousand and four in a. Cup fight, uh, FA Cup tie against Manchester City, the, the three 0 up at first um, in the first half, and then they came back at four three. So that fragility, that mindset, has unfortunately always existed, um, and it's still, it's still something that 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 we, that needs to be addressed um, this season. Um, Apparently, we're the first team in the Premier League history to lose a lead, a three 0 lead after the eighty first minute. Yeah. There you go. That do you know that that's the thing that makes it. I mean, it's football's fine margins. Because if, for example, if when Kane hit the post in the second half, late in the second half, and Bale had that fantastic chance when he went through, yeah. it could have been four, it could have been five nil. We would we would have definitely had a big buffer between ourselves and them. Having said that, even without without those chances going in, three nil in anybody's language at eighty was it eighty minutes? You said eighty three, right? Eighty one. Eighty eighty one. Let's call it. Let's call it. Let's round it off. Let's call it eighty. 3-0 at that point is a surely a big enough buffer for a team to to hold hold on. So the first one goes in, you think, okay. Second one goes in, you know, not looking good, but it's the 93rd minute, surely not, and they and they score. And yeah, we didn't. We I think we sat back in the beginning of that first half. That didn't help. We slightly took our foot foot off the gas. I don't know if that's just intentional because we were trying to let them come at us and then hit them on the counter attack or whether we psychologically were maybe took our took our foot foot off the gas a bit because we, we were freeing the ahead i don't know but that didn't help and i and, and nor did the nor did the the fact that we can see so many goals late on um we had a question around today's game from matthew moroney his twitter handle is at matthew moroney six do you think taking off dombele changed the game Oh, totally. I mean, I, I, I was going to joke that we put Winks on when Bell came on just to give him a bit of a handicap because, you know, everybody knows how good Gareth Bale is. But then I, I quickly retracted that because as soon as Winks came on, that Winks, I, I said at the top of the show, the Winks-Sosoko duo midfield was awful. It all went to part as soon as Winks came on for Tangai. Um, 
it, it was, and that's and that's maybe on Jose. Tange was maybe blowing a little bit, but to play with there was no tempo. We dropped off. We were inviting crosses to come in. Um, it, it did for me just fall apart when Winks came on the pitch and Tangai went off. What did you think, Vanessa? Yeah, I would 100% agree with that. But there's also a lot of positives to take out on how good Dombele actually is yeah. and how much of a development there has been if we're thinking back from the end of last season, you know, where he really was struggling to find his place in the team mm. to a position now where we can confidently say that he's one of the most reliable and most creative players that we have in the team. So to see where he can go um, over this season, I think for me is one of the most exciting things to look forward to. But yeah, you know that we fell off a cliff as soon as he went off. Mm. Yeah, he, he was so he was gliding around that pitch in the first half. His passing was sublime. Uh, it was always it's always positive as well. If you look at his passing, it's always a direct forward or or trying to cut the fences in half. He's always trying to pull those those passes off. He's he's a yeah he's Jose's obviously worked hard on him and he's 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 coming up trumps with him I think. Um yeah, I, I liked liked him in that game a lot. The the yeah, the the development of him this season has been really encouraging and and I think it, if you go back and look at the the the, game, the games we've had this season, it tends to be either La Celso or Dombele. One or the other starts. And um, we, particularly that period when we had lots of games, Tuesday, Thursday, Sunday, um, it would normally be one of them starting for one match and then the next one. Well, I don't know the state of um, La Celso's injury. And let's face it, if he was fit, then he probably would have been on the bench and would have come on for um, uh, Dombele rather than Winks. Um, it might it might be that he's not his his injury is um, he won't be fit and available for Thursday and um, Mourinho had one eye on conserving Dombele's energy to bring him off bring him off but it certainly put us maybe a, a little bit back but you know even so at three nil at that point we should still be able to close out a game it, it's 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 so frustrating but. Yeah, there are. Look, there are absolutely right, Vanessa. There are some good signs. There are some good things we've seen this season. The form of Simon Kane, um, Dombele that you mentioned, um, Regulon, um, I thought was was good early, certainly early on. Um, he obviously put put in yeah. that cross for for Kane to score a header. There's there's a lot of good things going ahead, and I, and I I'm more encouraged by how we play at the moment than when we did. After the the lockdown, when the when the football restarted, I was I was very frustrated with with what I was seeing um, in 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 that period of time. Um, but but I, I'm I'm much more encouraged, and I see an improvement, and I see a direction that we're going. But there's still yeah, there are still problem areas that need to be addressed. Well, if, yeah. if you, sorry, Vanessa, if you take um, Ori out and put Doherty in. That's an improvement, and that only, only improved the side. You've got La Celso that can come in when um, Dombele's blowing and bring some more creativity or, or ro- rotate the two. So we've got the creativity and the, the, the work rate there. Hoiberg, for me, is doing that Kante role with aplomb at the moment. I thought he was excellent today, up till about 80 minutes, unfortunately. Um, but, yeah, I think there's small margins. You know, those, those three goals, uh, I don't think it was a free kick for the last goal at all. Um, I don't. Sissoko needs to learn to jump with his man in the box. 
but uh, small margins today, I think, cost, cost us that. It wasn't there wasn't much there. Yeah, I also think Hoiberg uh, is for me one of the players I'm actually really excited by. He seems to have hit the ground running. Um, he had a spectacular first half, in my mm. opinion. Um, yeah, Sissoko losing a header against a player that's shorter than him, I think is unforgivable. Uh, that defensive performance was just a complete shambles from 80 minutes in. Yeah, they, they, they'd all turned off. I don't, it's, such, it's such a shame that, it, that that's going to overshadow that first half because that first half was glorious. I think every or every Spurs fan was humming and cheerful and you know walking with a spring in their step and whistling as they went because that was just such a such a glorious thing to watch. Yep. No, agree. Yep. Um, the the transfer when we recorded the last pod, it was just before the international break. The transfer window closed at um, I think the day after the the, the final pod, the, 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 sorry, the last pod that we recorded. Um, and since then, we signed um, I can't pronounce his name, Vin, Vinicius, Sid, Sid Vinicius. Carlos. Carlos yep. Vinicius. Yep. Um, so that's Sid. that's that's the he was on the bench today. That's that's the. The striker that we've hopefully been looking for, um, and there was another acquisition more recently because the EFL window closed on Friday, and um, that was Joe Roden, um, a centre back who went well, Welsh international who plays or played for Swansea City. Um, I don't know a great deal about him. I watched I watched the first half against um, England. Um, I don't think he was really tested enough or did anything to had anything to do enough for, for me to pass any judgment one way or the other um all i could see was that um he was playing um on the left hand side of the center back pairing um which is good for us given that that seems to be a problem position since uh, the tongan's gone that we need to fill um, i think die is probably the most comfortable on the left hand side of, of, of the defenders that we've got at the moment but but rodon appeared to play play in that position for wales um he's naturally right-footed though um, and apart from what I've heard and read, um, particularly from Swansea fans who were very disappointed um, that, that that he's left the club, I, I don't know a great deal about him. Um, is, could either of you enlighten me, perhaps, and give me some encouragement? Because I think that, I think the the centre back area, if there's if there's an area of the of the team, particularly today, that that needs strengthening, it would be um, defence. So I've watched him quite a bit, and. I'm actually quite excited by him um, joining the team. First of all, he's still young. Um, he's got a ceiling to develop to. He's covering a position, you know, that's been an issue for us for a while now. He's got international experience, also in situations where um, it really matters. I mean, Wales qualified for the Euro 2020 or now 21, and he's been um, an integral part of that team. And he's also been an integral part of a Swansea team that somehow managed it into the uh, championship playoffs, right? That they didn't make it into the Premier League again is one thing, but to get there in the first place, you know, that's taken a lot of performance that they needed to put in over a whole season. And he's been um, a stalwart of that team. I can understand that they're very disappointed to, um, to see him leave. 
but it's a testament to his quality, I think. Yeah, I, I'd echo that. I'd just heard that he's got a you know well-regarded, high ceiling, and there was a, a, a queue of clubs looking to sign him. Um, I believe Leicester put more money down on the table than we did, but he chose us over them. Um, so I, I'd have him in the team over Sanchez any day of the week at the moment. Yeah. So it can only be a good thing that we've I, got a, a, a new young player to step in there. I just, I just hope. Um... You know, everything I've, I've, I've read and heard has been, been good and positive, but I hope the weight of expectation, particularly from fans, isn't too much on, on his shoulders. Um, as you no, say, he's, he's young and... I think one of the things you can't underestimate either is that we've got Davies and now Bale in the team, two players that you know he's already familiar with playing in Wales and with Wales. They would certainly have a great deal... Um, of advantage when it comes to making him feel at home, bedding into the team. So let's see when we see him first play, you know, um, there's enough games for him to come and prove himself. And as you say, uh, I'm confident that given today's performance, you know, we should see an improvement on Sanchez in that regard. Yeah. I I don't know if this is true, but I heard that we haven't registered and registered Rodon in time for him to be eligible for the Europa game on Thursday. I, I don't know if that's correct. Um, I need to double check that, but um, we'll, we'll see if that's the case or, or not. But yeah. I had heard that as well, that we hadn't registered him in, in time for Europe. We might have to wait till um, late, uh, later on in the year, maybe Christmas, um, when we can register more players. I had, I had heard that, but I, again, can't say for definite. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard the same thing, but it's not like there's a shortage of games. If you think we're still in the Carabao, we still have the FA Cup to come. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. And, and, and we've also got other defenders. Even if he's not eligible for the Europa, we've got obviously Javet Takanga, who's currently injured. Hopefully, he'll he'll come back. Um, there needs to be there needs to be options, but there needs to be competition as well, because um, otherwise, I think some of the players who aren't playing particularly well will just assume that they're a shoe-in because nobody else is available in, in the team. And if they've got that bit of competition, maybe it can improve the level of their performances. Um, yeah. Gosh, it's depressing. Um, should, we, should we just briefly t- touch upon Bale? Because, I mean, this was supposed to be the pod where we're talking about Gareth Bale, amongst other things. Um, he came on... Came on in the second half and had a very good chance um, linked up with with Harry Kane. Looked like it was going to be another assist for Kane. Um, what were your emotions, both of you, when you when you saw him come onto the pitch? If I if I go to you first, Vanessa. Honestly, I never thought I would see Bale in the Spurs shirt again. But I don't know. There is just something around him that is quite exciting. And I cannot think of the last time, you know, the fan base has been so unified in their enthusiasm and just general joy and happiness as when the news broke that he really joined. Um, how he's going to to come into play in this season, you know, we need to see because he barely played a competitive game for Madrid and it's been quite a while. He's obviously been playing for Wales He's just come back from injury. I think given that, um, as the background, he did okay today. Uh, you know, people expecting miracles for him after that long break. 
might have been a little bit over enthusiastic but given where he started from i thought you know ultimately what happened today we can't lay at his feet mm. no um so let's just hope he, we don't have to wait another 24 games before he wins another um <laughs> competitive match um I th- like, he, he, it's obviously hasn't played football in a while and it's going to take him a while to get up to speed um, I thought he was possibly shoved when he shot that goal and it could have possibly been a penalty, but I'm not going to go into that and, and, and lay anything on it. Um, yeah, it, it would have been a dream start if he'd, have, if he'd have tucked that away. But it was when the commentator was like, it, it came to bail, I, 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 a little chill went down my back. I think there's there's something there and it's, it's going to be an exciting ride to watch him play, I think. Yeah, I, I think, you know, even though that didn't go in, the fact that once he went through, he he found the space. He got past his man. He carved that opportunity for himself. And then yep. it was just a finish at the end, and and it didn't go in. But but so many other players would have been in that might well, might not have been in that position, or might have found themselves in that position, but might not have might not have you know got past their man and 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 had that chance and made that opening for themselves. You know the way he he still got it basically. He still got it. Yeah, the, the way um, he went past the players and ghosted into the box, he still got it. He just needs to get up to, to to a bit more match fitness and a bit sharper. But as soon as soon as he knows what Kane can do with that ball and put him into some space, then we'll be on. I think. Yeah, he's also not shying away from the responsibility. You know, whether that's taking free kicks and corners. Given that he's only just joined again, you know, he's been out with injury or just not being played by the club, and he's just taking the responsibility. You know, and not hiding behind anyone. I think that's going to be setting a really good signal to the rest of the team on what they should be doing. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah, walking on and the first thing you do is line up a free kick and have a shot on goal. That says to me he's got some confidence and he, and he, he knows what he's here to do. So, yeah, more power to him. Mm. It will get there. It will get there. From, from all the reports that were that were during the international break, um, all the reports that were coming out from Hotspur away, um, that I'd heard was that he, he, he's the, the, the staff have been very impressed with him in, in training, his attitude, the influence on younger players um, like Jack Clark, for example. And I'm sure both of you must have seen there was there was something on social media towards the end of the week where he was um, Spurs players were playing basketball and he was joking around with with. Um, Doherty and a few others, and he just looks so happy. He looks, you know, he looks, he looks at home. He looks settled, and I think he's going to be a really good, good, good influence um, at the club. Not just on the pitch in terms of what he does, but, but, at the, but, but you know, in in the, on the training field, in in the, in the dressing room, and and in time, I think we'll, we will we will be beneficiaries of that um, as a club. Right. In the second half of the Tottenham Family Podcast, we will take um, more of your questions we'll be asking Vanessa um uh Spurs heaven and hell um but before we do that the Tottenham women were in action today um and here is Bex with this week's Tottenham women's updates hello everybody it's Bex Spurs women have had um mostly a downer of a couple of weeks actually since the last time I did an update which was the beginning of October so the last time I spoke to you, I said our game was, we had a game coming up against London City Lionesses, which was lovely because we won that 4-0. How charming. Um, and since then, it's all been a bit gash, quite frankly. Um, we lost 1-0 to um, 
Manchester United um, at home, which was always a bit meh. Um, and then today, which is the Sunday, we played Arsenal women um, at Arsenal and lost 6-1. So that's quite a resounding defeat. Disappointingly, um, if you look at any of the social media pages, that's what everybody will say. Disappointing considering we only lost 4-1 um, a couple of weeks ago. So to lose 6-1 in such a short space of time, um, I think has hit the team or will have hit the team really, really hard indeed. So that leaves the women ninth in their league table. Um, there's only 12 in the league, so a disappointing result. And they've still not won a game this campaign. Which is lucky, really. So the women have a little bit of a break. Their next game is until the 3rd of November, and that's in the Continental Cup so far. Um, and that's scheduled for the 3rd of November at 7 o'clock at King's Meadow. So if anybody wants to go and have a look, definitely go. Um, they are generally quite entertaining games if you don't look at the scores from the last couple of weeks. Anyway, that's me. Um, if you want to know anything, I'm on Twitter at Bunch of Specs. Cheers, thanks. Bye-bye. Welcome back to the second half of the Tottenham Family Podcast. Right, let's go into a few more of your questions. Um, a question from Nate. Um, his Twitter handle is at Nate underscore HA. Now, Nate, <laughs> Nate sent this halfway through the match when we were 3-0 up. Um, and he said, he said, I just want to apologise for my negative comments after after Everton. And also want to hear if if I've, if I've I'm beginning to change my mind on Jose. So um, I'm not his biggest fan, right? I'm not, you know, I, that that's just... That's a that's an emotional thing um, with me. Um, I, I'm not I'm not a huge I wasn't a huge fan of the appointment, but he's there now, um, and you know I, I accept that. Um, and nothing's really nothing's changed uh, when we were, when we were three nil up. Nothing changed, um, and you know nothing when I watched the Amazon documentary changed my view one way or the other about Jose Mourinho, but. What what I would say is this: um, I've always said that you know he's he's the top top coach. That that goes without saying. You can't whatever your feelings about him, you can't um, you know you can't argue against that. I think that I was very negative towards the end of last season after the after the lockdown um, when the, when the season restarted because I, I just thought the football we were playing was just poor, and I just thought I couldn't see. Any plan, any strategy. I didn't feel anything was going going our way, and it just looked like it, it was just really negative. I couldn't enjoy it. I really, really couldn't. And I have to say, this this season, I just feel that um, obviously he's been backed in the transfer market. The, the the various signings that we've got, particularly Gareth Bale, have been really exciting. Um, but the bail one is the obvious one for the excitement, but but also the other players that we've brought in, we've strengthened in the areas that we needed to strengthen. And the football is a lot better. You can't, I can't say, for example, that today or the United game, it, it's been defensive football um, and us sitting back and giving the opposition um, lots of the ball. So um, to that end, um I think from a from a from, from a footballing point of view, for for footballing reasons, then I think yeah, um, I, maybe I was a little bit sceptical towards the end of last season because of the way we were playing, and you you start to sort of question Mourinho and you question how he's done at some of 
how it's ended at some of the other clubs he's managed recently and you start to think well has the game moved on is he is he the manager that he once was I'm actually no he's, he's on the evidence of most of this season yeah things are looking to are looking a lot better um, so in that regard yeah in that sense I've 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 um, I've slightly cha- changed my view. Um, emotionally, I feel exactly what I felt before, which I'm not. I'm not as big a fan as a person, as a human being. But that's you know that's fine. We're all different in our in our take. Um, okay, next question on the running order. Question from Gilly, um, his Twitter handle is at I know Gilzine. So two parts to his question. The first part, he just says, is it is a trick not to get too up or down for now the premier league is all over the shop i hope today will do us some good in the mid to long term what do you think and the second part of his question it's for you vanessa is there any story in the oxford book of victorian ghost stories as scary as the last 10 minutes today um you're a bit of a bookworm yeah um i think i've i'm on my uh 39th book for the year i mean with lockdown and everything it's not like there was a great deal else to do uh and one of the things i've been doing was to post pictures of the books i'm reading right now and this is literally the one i started yesterday and i can tell you that no there is not a story <laughs> scary than the last 10 minutes of this game today and i've not even really read the book yet um i don't need to because there isn't anything that's more scary than that <laughs> uh, 39 books for you that's good going i think i've read maybe four um but that's that's just me being lazy and not picking them up really yeah so one of the ones i've been reading was the um book vertigo about what it's like being a spurs fan and i think it's a very very accurate account so i definitely endorse that one if you're looking for something vertigo yeah um let me quickly check that out it's by the guy that does the um the uh cartoons for the guardian it's uh, John Cray. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, right, okay. Yeah. So, obviously, he's a big Spurs fan. So, um, it's a very succinctly tied to Vertigo, one football fan's fear of success. Yeah, well, I think, well, that's just made my list of things to read. Yeah, John Cray. Oh, wow, okay. I shall have a read of that. I'll, I shall get a hold of that, and I shall download that on my Kindle, and she'll start reading that later on. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, means let me know what you make of it. I w- yeah, I will do. Uh, in answer to Gilly's other bit, not to get up or too down. Yes, the Premier League is all over the shop, and I, I think that we can see the pattern of play that that Jose is trying to instill in this. And I think um, in the mid term, I think we uh, we can see where we're going. We just need to cut out the the silly mistakes. And I think one of the one of our problems has been this season is giving teams um set pieces in our defensive in our final third uh we did it against everton we did it against newcastle and now against west ham as well and i think that's just something that we've got to try and work on and cut out and i think some of the players that play today won't possibly won't start some of the games coming up it'll it'll move back like i say move back to doherty so i think i think we'll be fine going forward i, I share gilly's optimism in that i i i sense some optimism in that question um, so I'm going to agree with Gilly on that one, I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think, first of all, nobody had the league standing 
um, in mind when we started into the season. I think this came as a big surprise to many people. There have been things that happened throughout, um, you know, that will probably influence how that season's going to end. You know, Van Dijk's injury that he sustained that rules him out for the season. Allison has an injury that rules him out for a few weeks. There were two of the integral players that came into that Liverpool team that made the difference between us beating them 4-1 and us getting beaten 1-4. So it will be interesting to see how they will be dealing with those losses because that's not going to be easy for them. You know, the rest of the league, I think Chelsea, they spent big. They seem to have trouble getting that team together. You know, they're not as cohesive as they used to be. United are a bit of a mess right now. I think everybody can agree on that. They didn't expect them to be, where are they now, 14th? So, yeah, I think it's a testament to the Premier League, you know, how much there is room for surprises like this. And it's quite exciting to watch, you know. It's early enough for everything to be open. You know, maybe this is the kind of wake-up call that we need. It seems to have worked after the Everton game. So let's see where things are going. But yeah, definitely, I think, um, you know, everything is open and I think it's fair enough to be optimistic. I think that's a really good point about it being um, early enough in the season for it to be a wake-up call. Um, you know, it, it, if... Look, as disappointing as, as it is today, if we had if we'd won and gone into second place, great, fantastic. But the league title or, you know, or Champions League... Sp- um, place that's not decided in in the first what are we month now month six weeks into the season um, there's a lot of football that needs to be played so it, you you can go into second that's great fantastic but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to finish there and by the same token you can drop some points today at this early in the season it at this point it's not too much of a concern but it's learning from those mistakes and ironing them out and I think the other thing is that yeah, it's wide open completely. I, I feel this Premier League season is probably the most wide open since five years ago when Leicester won it for a number of reasons. I think some of it is, yep, the, the players that you mentioned, Vanessa uh, Van Dyke and uh, Van Dyke getting in, and Allison injured. Um, that's going to affect Liverpool. Liverpool, you've got. Um, You've just got some strange set of results. Some of that might be to do with the fact there are no spectators. I don't know if that's removing some of the pressure on certain teams and they're playing without any um, inhibitions. I, you know, it, it's it, it it just feels it's got that at this moment. And you're looking looking at the results like a few weeks ago, ourselves winning six one, um, Villa winning seven two against Liverpool. You just feel that. That yeah, there might even be some some teams in, in in transition, and and hopefully, just like we did that that season when we were chasing Le- Leicester, we can capitalise on it. Um, we've still got our our own issues, of course, that we need to address, and hopefully today will will be that sort of reminder that yeah, there's still still work that needs to be done. Um, so we had a question which is not on the running order because it's only just come through and I didn't add it. Um, so from Stuart Sessions, he says, do you think, his Twitter handle is at Stuart Sessions, do you think the squad first team match fitness will help with mentality? And he goes on to say, I think a fit Bale scores that and have we got a centre-back that can head a fucking ball? 
Well, from what I've seen, Rodon's good in the air, so he can head the ball away. And, yeah, we do need Bell to be fit. But just going back to your point, I think the Premiership is very open this season. It is going to be a season like when Leicester won it. I think it's going to be an outlier. I think some any team that can put um, some consistency together and a consistent set of results is going to charge up that league. Um, and that's what we've got to be looking for. Mm. Okay, final two questions before before we we before we finish and ask Vanessa her Spurs heaven and hell. Um, let's go to so we've got a question from um, Liam. His Twitter handle is at efffpl underscore Liam. Do we think that Doherty will play against the bigger teams as Jose sees Uria as a defensive liability? Um, I would hope Doherty plays every game when he's um, rest, when he's rested and able I think if he hadn't started the three games through um, the international break he would have started today I think that's the only reason that Aria started it'll be Doherty on Thursday and it'll be Doherty at the weekend for me yeah I would agree with that um, I'm always a little bit worried when we have the first game after the internationals because you know they kind of reset where you are as a team we were on a winning streak just as we went into the break. And then coming out of that and maintaining that is difficult, um, especially in the case where, like Doggerty, um, you have players with three games on the trot in a very short amount of time. Um, so you would hope that going forward, he's going to be the starter. Yeah. And also, don't forget, through that international break, West Ham had all their players together because they got fuck-all internationals. So they had plenty of time to work on their on their tactics and stuff for today, even though they still nearly fucked it up. Excuse oh, my language. If only they had. If only they had, though. Mm-hmm. That's a sad thing. Um, right, final one. Darren Pemente, Twitter handlist, at DazP1919. We have a great first eleven, but does that result prove we have a poor squad? Aurea, silly foul. Sissoko didn't jump for the header. Winks shouldn't have should should have booted booted it. None of these would start with a fully fit squad. Um, the, my own views on that is, and and to, I suppose to answer his question, let me let me talk about another team that we mentioned earlier, which is Liverpool. Now, for years, um. For years, everybody would say, or the last few years, certainly people said Liverpool had a really, really strong squad. And and every time, for example, Kane picked up an injury, um, a lot of pundits would, would, would question our squad and say that we didn't have the strength and depth. And Kane, you know, if something happens to Harry Kane, we, we, don't, we don't have that depth. Um, I think that actually... I don't think there is any squad in the Premier League that is 100% strong in every single area. So, for example, if you look at Liverpool, if you take out... Alisson's firstly an exceptional goalkeeper, but if you take him out, Adrian, never mind not being to the levels of, of, of Alisson, I don't think he's particularly a good goalkeeper. If you take out Van Dijk, I don't think that the other centre-backs they've got are particularly good. Um, Gomez, Gomez has been... Quite poor this season. Matic is okay, but but I think they are they're better players with with Van Dyke. Um, I'm struggling to think if you take out if something happened to um, Trent Alexander-Arnold and and um, Robertson. Oh, I'm struggling. Robertson, yeah. I'm struggling to think who they've got that could come into those positions. So I think every team has got 
to some degree that they've got strong squads but even the even the teams that have got seemingly strong squads there are particular players that if they lose you know Man City a few years ago if, if company was out for a particular period of time they didn't really have anybody that could come in it wasn't just replacing that player it was the impact that player would have on the other players and I think you know, and that and that was at a time when teams were 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 leveling that at us and saying we didn't have the depth. When actually, for example, Sun would come in usually, and if he was available and he wasn't doing military service or he he was fit, he would get the goals. We didn't really have a problem other than we didn't actually have a recognised stru- stru- um, centre forward like a like for like replacement, which is which is fine. That's a valid point, but you could make that same argument of other teams. I think. Bringing it to our team, I think that by and large we've got the depth in the squad. You know, if you, if you look at it today, if Lacelso had been fit, he would have come on for Dombele, and it would be those two players having being being rotated maybe from game, game to game. I think we've got the we've got the fullback position to address now that we've got Regulon and Ben Davis. Um, the only areas of the squad actually that concern me is is the the defence. I think we don't have the depth and the quality. Hopefully, Rodon can address that to some degree, but you know he's he's a young guy, and I still think even then we we will we need to invest. And I think the other area that concerns me is if anything happened to Hoiberg, I don't think we've got anybody that could come in and do what he does. Whereas I look at elsewhere on the pitch now, you've got San, you've got Bale, you've got um, Mora, you've got Bergwijn, you've got a real lot of real. Um, pool of talent um, in those areas. So I, I think there are certain parts of the squad that we need to address. But by the same token, there are lots of other teams as well in the Premier. I don't think there's any team that's got a perfect squad in all, you know, 22 positions. I think our squad's better than it has been. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I, I would agree with if Hoiberg. Mind you, if Hoiberg gets injured, I know Lacelso can play in that kind of position. Um, I'm glad we've got a, a, a proper backup striker in Sid. Um, I think, yeah, there, I don't think there is one Premiership team with a 22-man, 100% A1 squad at all. Um, I think they've all got their flaws, and everybody will be scraping after a couple of injuries and again you know consistency and not losing major components of that I would say would would help immensely yeah I agree with that um it'd be interesting to see you know now that the first teams are picking up injuries as you say to see how long they can sustain it you know especially a young team like Leeds they're doing really well right now they're playing tomorrow we'll see how well they um they will be able to manage um, and keep that keep that up. But, you know, once you have the first few injuries, you know, it really then comes to shine mm-hmm. how much depth there is on the bench and, you know, how much quality there is or not. Um, as you say, I think it's probably the most depth we had for quite a while. Um, so, yeah, we need to see what's happening. I think also, yeah, it's about getting those injuries, and then it really shows. But sometimes it's like if you have, if you're really unlucky and you have, um, I don't know, two two of your left backs injured, then it's you know that that can happen. Then it really shows, um, or you know, a whole load of midfield players injured. Then it really shows. I was thinking about Everton yesterday and the start they've made to the season and Calvert Lewin. If you take him out, 
who I can't, I'm struggling to think if they've got another striker that could. You know, they've got they've got attacking players like Rickarlison and um, Ames who can contribute and get goals. But I don't know that they've got another. There isn't anybody that comes to mind that they've got as a striker. And, and this is the point. I think actually our squad, other than it being better than it has been for a few seasons, relative to a lot of the other teams in the Premier League, it's still a, a fairly strong, strongish squad. Um, so I'm not. I'm not overly concerned. I think we know the areas that that Skriniar was the player that we were linked with heavily during this window, centre-back. That didn't happen in this window. I wouldn't be surprised, even though we've got Rodon, I wouldn't be surprised if we go in for Skriniar in the January window, particularly if other other centre-backs... I don't want to pick on him, but we've, we've mentioned him a few times. Let's say Sanchez, for example, aren't performing. You've, we've also got a you know long, long term. I can see us getting another centre back because I've got a question out of Verald, and you know he's he's reached a certain age now, and he won't be at the club forever. Um, there will be a mm. um, no time doesn't stop for any man or woman, and 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 there will be a point at which you know we, we will start to see him regress as a as a player. So. I think that that's probably the next. If I was gonna, if I was gonna look ahead to the next window in January, I think we'll, we'll probably still look to, to strengthen that position. But else, you know, elsewhere on the pitch, it's really good. Um, so yeah, we shall see yeah. how things pan out. Um, right. Um, We've got a reoccurring question on the podcast. So every every this season, every um, this was John's idea from a few years ago. We have a reoccurring question. In fact, every season, different reoccurring question on the podcast that, that I ask everybody. Um, and um, Vanessa, as it's your first time on the on the Tottenham Family Podcast, um, the question is: Spurs heaven, or what's your Spurs heaven and hell? So these, these this could be a person, a player, a moment, a memory of your time supporting the supporting the club. So I've been mulling over this um, for about a week now. And I think the two I settled on were both from fairly recent history. But because of circumstance, they're just the ones, uh, you know, that first came into mind um, when you first prepared me for this question. The heaven moment would be the um, North London derby at Wembley simply because I went with my friend Karen. It was his birthday, he's a gooner. We decided to splash out um, on the hospitality tickets, you know, thinking this would be the first and probably last uh, derby at Wembley. So we wanted to make it a special occasion and God was that delicious to see us win over Arsenal with his face next to me. And then, <laughs> you know, Lamella, calling Jack Wilshire a pussy. It <laughs> was just the most perfect thing and the most perfect day um, when you're marking the occasion with a gooner, you know? Um, for hell, that hands down has to be the Munich game. I don't think I have felt as um, full of despair as I felt watching that game. You know, there really wasn't anything that redeemed it for me. We just felt completely fell apart. Um, no plan, no fighting spirit. And, you know, that really was the moment for me where I thought, you know, this is the end of the road. I really don't know where we're going from here. 
Yeah, that that was a horrific game to watch. Uh, yeah, that was. Yeah. I, I nearly wiped that from my memory. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I still maintain. I, I was, I went to that game, and then on the on the following Saturday, it was, I think it was, a, it was either a Tuesday or the Wednesday we played Bayern Munich. Um, and Tuesday, I think, and the following Saturday, I went to Brighton away. And I was on the train down to Brighton, and I'm with a friend of mine, and we're talking about this. And, you know, we're trying to predict predict the result. And he 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 said, "Well, we're going to concede because we 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 were shipping a lot of goals then, as as we are now um, this season in the league." And he he, he predicted one all, and I was like, no, I'm, "I'm sure we're going to win. Look, there's going to be a reaction. I'm sure there's going to be a good positive reaction after the Munich game." And we lost three nil. And I actually thought the performance that day um, against Brighton was worse. Was worse than Munich um, from the players, but the but the 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 the, the result itself, the scoreline wasn't as bad. That's why it's sort of I think sometimes forgotten about. But yeah, the, the you can't. I mean, seven seven two, oh, just awful, yeah. awful, awful. Right. Yeah. Um, really, what really sealed it for me as well was that Munich is the Chelsea of Germany. <laughs> so. I have an irrational hatred of them anyway, but that was just unacceptable. Oh, that must have been painful. Doubly painful. Right. Um, We'll be recording the next podcast um, a week Tuesday, um, the day after the Burnley match. Um, My guest on that occasion, I hope to have David Fornell with me. Until then, um, firstly, thank you, Vanessa. Guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. No problems. Thank you, John. Thank you, Jav. Thank you, Vanessa. You've been super. And thank you to all our listeners. This has been the Tottenham Family Podcast. Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the base are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's at its low tonight We fought our team through thick and thin and all those boring nights And when the game is done we'll sing a song and talk it out all night Hey, Come on Tottenham, stick it in the goal Come on Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow You are the first team, the last team, my dreams have ever seen Pull on that lily white and run on to that green Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go, the names up on our shirt Gods have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out over her